come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. And I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And this week, we watched the new release, the 2022 film, Smile. And yes, nobody could see, but I was smiling very big there. (laughs) We'll smile through the whole podcast, and it'll sound different. It'll be terrifying. Do you hear it? Do you hear us smiling? (laughs) All right. So let's let's go around. Uh, Did you like it? Did you not like it? Since... uh, did you just do one viewing? Did you do two viewings? Uh, I I only did one viewing. And um, as a side note, my first viewing was sidetracked. And the reason we're a week late was because my dad had a cardiac event um, 20 minutes before I was supposed to see it the first time. It was all very dramatic. And we had to call an ambulance. And... Um, I didn't get to see it when I was supposed to see it. So I saw it a week later. I don't know if I liked it. Honestly, I keep going back and forth. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think I liked that movie. And then 20 minutes later, I'll be, I think I did like that movie. So I think, I think the short version of it is there are things I did really like about it. And there are things I didn't like about it. I didn't love the reliance on jump scares as a, for instance, but I did really like some of the ways it dealt with trauma, for instance. So I think it had some good points. I think it had some bad points. And to this day, I cannot answer the question of, did I like it or not? I don't know. I'll, I'll agree to everything Don is saying. Like I didn't mind the jump scares. I thought they were good jump scares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's not, it seems easy to do because it's such a crutch for horror movies, but a good jump scare is a, is a nice thing. Uh, There's probably half a dozen decent ones throughout the movie. And that's going to put it at least above average. Um, uh, I think I'm almost like, I I think it's a little too long. Uh, I was just thinking that after I saw it, because this weekend I've watched both the first child's play and the first Hellraiser movies and both were at about 90 minutes. And I'm like, there's something in keeping it at a tight 90 that that feels right. Whereas this is just shy of two hours and it felt a little a little bloated on the edges. I agree. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think it deals with trauma, interestingly, except for when it doesn't. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I think it, it deals with a lot of unsettling things until it becomes just a CGI monster that could be like any other CGI monster in any other movie. Um, and this, I was debating about whether or not to bring this up in my interopsis. I, I think it's, it's so like a lot of other horror movies in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and the feature that made me think about this is the exquisitely remodeled kitchens of every character. Um <laughs> Even even Joel, the single cop, has a a kitchen that should be in Faucet Monthly. Um, 
And then I started writing headcanon to that. Like, okay, so Rose made him get the nice kitchen and then left his ass. And now he's here with these fancy faucets and nothing to do with them. Um, but the, the downside of that is that it made me feel like every horror movie has that vibe where it's sort of a Nancy Myers rom-com kitchen, but with horrible things happening in it to the point where I'm convinced and it's almost it might be happening now already, but within a year, I'm going to get details of this and the night house confused. And I'm not going to remember which movie I'm talking about at in which example. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, so we watched it just the one time. You know what? I dug it. I wasn't expecting a lot out of it. And so it surprised me that it was, you know, it was pretty solid. I I don't disagree with your points. It was a little bloated in in places, but it also had a lot to borrow from It Follows, which I'll touch on that when we get, when we really start getting into the meat and potatoes of this. But I wasn't mad at it. And, you know, honestly, it it surprised me and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Now, so for those of you that don't know what Smile is about, Max Nemesis and our good, good buddies at IMDb want you to know that after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. I mean, yeah. not wrong. Not wrong. And I don't even have a, a, a goof on that one. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. That was very it, well. <laughs> insert your own Fawcett's monthly joke here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, just so everybody knows, we're going to be, we're jumping into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, just pause this, come back to us. We're fine with that. Yeah, no, that was the thing with this that, you know, both Billy and I noticed that it's it's it follows light. But instead of an STD, or excuse me, an STI, it's trauma, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It follows is fantastic, but it's, yeah. With with not a lot of work, this could have been turned into an It Follows sequel. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. A good control F would have gotten it up and running for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not, not, a, uh, not a hard stretch at all. Can I can I discuss the most unrealistic part of this movie? Far and away, the most unrealistic part of this movie. I'm guessing this has something to do with a cat. Oh. No. No. Okay. Oh, oh I was wrong. Proceed. <laughs> the hobby store. She walked in to buy a model train and didn't have to discuss gauges or anything i mean she just walked in to buy a model train and just walked out with a train in in like apparently 10 15 minutes i mean have you ever tried to walk in and buy a model train it's a thing no there's like a dozen different gauges is it is it electric or or i mean these hobby shop people they're crazy (laughs) That's assuming this is not part of Rose's ongoing delusion that she didn't imagine a hobby shop because where did the train go? I didn't see that train after that. 
Does she just have a train sitting on her mantle? Like, ah, I'm going to put that up there. This box, however, will come in useful later. That, okay, that is actually the strongest possible argument. Mac is of the opinion that none of this... Uh, actually, I shouldn't put words in Mac's mouth. Yeah. Mac has expressed the possibility that this whole movie is a delusion. You know what, Mac, why don't you express your opinion yourself? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think the whole movie is a delusion. I think the the anything supernatural is going to be a delusion. Also, and I include not just in the supernatural the the curses or smile demons, uh, but also train stores that are surprisingly chill. Like those th- the three the big three supernatural things are all part of Rose's uh, trifecta of uh, her own trauma. Uh, increased stress and uh genetic predisposition uh the any any scene where something unusual happens she's alone uh the the scene with the prisoner uh which is i think the the solidest argument for something really is happening here uh it only is brought into the forefront after Joel leaves the room mm-hmm. so i don't know I I think uh, it's a better movie if it if it's that. But then by the end, and she gets into the the house, and it, it's a CGI doodad creature that clearly it, it was very average looking. Um, the movie's a little less special for me, so I, I almost prefer it to be a a descent into delusion rather than uh, what might be a descent into delusion punctuated by a fight with a CGI monster. Well, my question is, what since you brought up the monster, is how much is CGI? I mean, I understand when it's ginormous, that's going to be right. the CGI. But, because um, we kind of stayed around for a little bit of the credits, and Tom Woodruff Jr. is credited during puppeteering and things mm. like that. So there's probably some yeah, there could be of, some, yeah, some... Some little bit of, little bit of both, because he's... Yeah. He does solid work, you know, so that's why I was more just like, Ooh. yeah, but even then I was unimpressed with this creature, whether it was a, a close up that could have been a, a puppet or a, a definitely in a wide shot where it was a very average computer creation. Well, and that's the thing is that this movie has built up this mythology mm-hmm. with the creature and what it is, what it can do. So you as an audience already have in your head how it's going to look, what you think. So I think anything that they had to come up with was disappointing. You know what I mean? It's And we were kind of talking a little bit about right. it uh, off mic about not showing the creature, like mm-hmm. holding back. And I think besides the average special effects, I think that as well kind of adds to that. But I, I, yeah, I agree, and I, I think the film could have been stronger if it just didn't show us the monster. Like, Agree. Skip that part. You could have saved a couple of bucks, you, uh, and if you had really sold the the notion that it's all that it could be in your head, that plays with the audience, so, so that they're thinking about it several hours later. I, you know, I was at Synergy. I played a couple of rounds of pinball after I was done with the movie. And I don't think it, uh, other than having to make notes and write a review, I haven't really thought about it much because it was like, oh, it, it's it just don't fuck with the weird spindly monster thing. Got See, that's it. interesting. I've thought about it a lot 
But I thought about the trauma part of it because right. to me, the the trauma was a big part of it. Um, so the, the, the main character, whose name I've already forgotten. Rose. Rose, thank you. Oh yeah, Rose. Um, so Rose had a older sister, and thought she was younger. A, oh no, you're no, right. You're, you're right. She was older. Sorry. She had the older sister and um, an abusive slash neglectful mother. Um, they weren't real clear about the nature of mom. Only that Rose referred to her as a monster. Um, so, and then through most of the movie we are either told or left to believe that um, Rose witnessed her mother die by suicide. And then near the end, it's revealed that in fact, mom OD'd and Rose refused to call for help. In other words, Rose maybe didn't kill mom, but mom, but Rose certainly didn't help mom. So, um, so Rose carries the guilt of her mom's death. And, you know, that's kind of a big reveal because that's an entirely different thing from poor Rose witnessed her mom dying to Rose feels responsible for her, for her mom's dying. That's a whole other thing. And I think they said she was 10. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's big. That's a big thing for a kid. And, um, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and why her mother was the monster that she saw. You know, that's that's big. That's 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 huge. That is a huge trauma for a kid to be carrying around. Um, but it also does, of course, lead credence to Max's idea that maybe that it's a delusion that she watches somebody kill themselves and it throws her into this breakdown because that's a trauma that apparently she never dealt with that she's always let people think that she saw her mom die by suicide as opposed to what actually happened so um that it would cause her to go into some sort of breakdown yeah maybe yeah maybe um so anyway it was uh i thought it was a really good exploration of trauma and I, uh, I, that was to me one of the best things about the film was this exploration of trauma. Um, it definitely makes the film more interesting looking at it through that lens of is this real? Was this real? How much was real? How much wasn't real? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say though, I have one caveat on the the hobby hobby store debate. I do have one small, teeny, teeny, tiny caveat is that her sister did tell her, I will text you the type of train to get. So by what we know of the sister, she would have already had, it's electric, it's this, it's that, it's boom, boom, boom. She would have had that in a text about, you know, about a yay big. And and Rose, if you give this child another dead cat in a box, so help me, you're not coming to the next birthday party. All right, which brings me to... And now mustache. <laughs> actually, actually, I got to stop one step ahead of mustache. I got to stop one step ahead of mustache. So this movie starts up and I was stunned 
at how immediately I dislike Rose's boyfriend. I dislike Rose's boyfriend on site <laughs> before he had done anything. I mean, he walks on screen and I'm like, asshole, asshole. Just, I mean, just on site. He hasn't said a word and I dislike him. And the movie proceeds, and I'm right, because he is an asshole. He he is. I mean, as soon as Rose becomes inconvenient to him, he yeah. is like, I'm I'm not I'm not here for this. I am I am not down for this. I, in fact, I've got a note about halfway through the movie where I just wrote bad boyfriend. Um, but about two-thirds of the way, I went, This asshole's a train. This is <laughs> a train. This is a train from the boys. I was right. He is an asshole. <laughs> I was waiting. That's what I was waiting on. Because I mentioned Billy when he showed up. I'm like, A-Train, what are you doing here? Yeah, but it, it took me it took me two thirds of the movie to finally recognize. I, I guess I guess my subconscious was like, oh, asshole. And it took me about two thirds of the movie for for conscious brain to go. Oh, 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 asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, he's a bad boyfriend. He is not a he is not a good boyfriend. Um, but yeah, um, one of the one of the pointers of of bad boyfriend was when Mustache was not there waiting for his dinner, and boyfriend didn't give a shit. You know, I, I felt like boyfriend should have been like, "Where's the cat?" and helping look for the cat. I can understand not going and looking in the box. I mean, I, I understand why you wouldn't look for the cat in the box. I, I get that. But uh, he should have been helping look for the cat. So I want you to know that when the first time we meet Mustache, this is another moment I looked at Billy. I was like, Mustache is not here for very long in this world. Now, I, and then as it goes on, and spoiler alert, even though we're already in spoilers, uh, she wraps up her cat to give to her nephew instead of the train in one of her episodes and right as the kid starts to open it up i look at billy i'm like mustache is in there and he kind of mm -hmm. does a double take at me like wait what and then the screaming and chaos ensues and it was like oh r.i.p mustache yeah i i saw the same shot and that scene is all over the place because you know she grabs the cat and then we get like a medium shot on her and it's very focused on mustache's name tag and i'm like was the like did you have a test screening and people were confused about what cat was in the box? Like, like, no, you oh, got it. The cat, she has a cat, the cat goes missing, the cat's in the box. I think I know that all three of these cats are the same cat. <laughs> it's, it all tracks. It all tracks. Yeah. I'm trying to get a good picture of Mustache and I'm, it's just not coming. I'm just not getting a good picture of Mustache because... I I that first image I saw of mustache I was like oh that's a calico and if it is a calico then mustache is I think he's, not, I think he's not more a I think he's more Oreo kind of black and white yeah is what he is but yeah yeah not not getting a good image of mustache R.I.P. mustache one of the most fantastic cat names I've ever heard it's a good mm. name in a film. So let me get back to oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not gonna waste time looking for pictures of mustache. Not it's not important whether they made the calico cat mustache. Okay, not important. Sorry, Donna. I'm taking that line so out of context. I'm just gonna stop looking at pictures of a mustache. So just I'm imagining you just searching mustache pictures, and it just it tickled me. It just no. Um, I mean, but 
I, I always remember one of one of my favorite of my own stories that I wrote. I remember saying something about how I would never kill a dog in a story. And then the person reading the story was like, you killed a cat. And I was like, well. Well, that's different. That's, <laughs> but but it's true. I did. There's a dog and a cat in the story and the cat died. Um, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I Apparently I would kill a cat. So um, sorry. Um, but mustache died off screen true true dad and uh i'm also really sorry for the trauma that we are inflicting on um that poor kid who did not deserve what happened to him that whole birthday for him needs a do-over it like, really does he that that whole whole birthday needs a do-over yeah i think he's gonna be pretty substantially done with birthdays for the rest of his life but you know yeah. Hey, we're gonna have another birthday party. The fuck we are, Mom. <laughs> He's gonna be that thirty-five-year-old who is like, "Do not, yeah, fucking give me a surprise party." Yeah. No, listen. The answer is no. Uh, I IRSVP in the negative. <laughs> are you listening to me? We can go out for dinner. No gifts. No Underline. Gifts. <laughs> Italicized. Bold. 14 point font. <laughs> Gift cards are acceptable, preferably emailed. Or if you must get me a gift, we're going to follow professional sporting rules of women bringing in their purses. And it's so big and it's clear. Like I can see all the way through it. <laughs> TSA rules. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to open and inspect it before you come in. <laughs> Take your shoes off. It's been an issue before. I'm sorry. Listen, I've been hurt before. <laughs> Let me tell you about Aunt Rose. The one that burned <laughs> herself alive? Yes, the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've told me about your Aunt Rose. Well, let me tell you about what... Let me tell you about my eighth birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you ever gotten a dead cat? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even ask for it. <laughs> you know, if they've sat in a box overnight, there's a smell. And that was Donna's vet corner. Yeah. Whether we wanted it or not. <laughs> there was no warning. It just happened. <laughs> you you know when we started talking about mustache, you knew we were go we were gonna be I knew we were going there, but it <laughs> happened, it still happened suddenly, and I was not ready for it. <laughs> it was we, we were gonna take a tour there, and I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. What else we got here? I know we were I wanna I wanna say something I mentioned. And and I'm annoyed because it could have been really cool. There is a recurring motif of little crescent shapes. They're all through the movie, little crescent shapes all through the movie. Like, for instance, Rose has little uh, moon-shaped earrings, which would have been awesome, except the director wanted to make sure we didn't miss them. So we zoomed in on Rose's little crescent-shaped earrings. Okay, so it was not subtle. Damn it! Hey, it's if this may be his first major feature. You know, he's working out. It would have been cool if this was something like the fourth or fifth time you watched it. You were like, "God damn!" There's little moon shapes all through this movie, but no, it's not like that. The mustache's name tag of it all. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like it. Yeah. 
I'm worried you're not paying attention, so here. Um, also, Rose is apparently the only doctor in the United States who doesn't understand the, uh, the United States medical system because she just refers uninsured patients to very expensive um, treatment centers, which we learned early in the movie. I just wanted to throw that out there, um, which is great, you know, great for her trying to get them the treatment they they uh, need. But, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to get to the treatment center and the treatment center is going to say, oh, you don't have insurance? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> I apologize for the people at home who couldn't see me do the little dance. So, um, but I just thought I'd throw that out because I guess that was supposed to be the sign to the viewer that she's a good person, but instead it was the sign to the viewer that she is naive and doesn't understand how things work and it's going to cause her patient further harm. Or is already in the middle of a psychotic break. Or is already just... in the middle of a psychotic break. And didn't have a, a totem yet to uh, to amplify her her breaking from reality. Possibly, it was good to see Cal Penn. Yeah, yeah. Again, never mind when Cal Penn shows up. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. Big fan. Yeah. So good to see him again. So, what else do we have? Um, she's turned some lights on when she gets home. Yeah, she seems to like to exist in the dark. Yeah. Which is where shadows can look like faces. Yeah. Totally. That's it. I'm now out of notes. I don't have much else. I mean, beyond if you're going to have a Glasgow smile done, you really shouldn't do it yourself. But that's... Uh, you just lose focus somewhere in the in that second half there, and it becomes a little lopsided. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm oddly glad. I think this is that this is probably our last theatrical-only release for the year. Uh, I may need a little break from movie theaters because it's just such a weird experience. Like, you're sitting there thinking, not just like I did in the before times, like, did I lock my car? Did I not lock my car? Should I go out and double-check if I locked my car? But now I'm having, like, now I'm like, am I breathing in something deadly? I I am I, you know... Is this screening going to be become more crowded? And I'm going to have to uh, write my notes in super secret. Um, and then I was, like I said, I think it was at Synergy and uh, uh, they were bringing food out to people. I had ordered a little bit of food uh, and the, the wait staff was very upset that the person that ordered this mozzarella sticks wasn't there. And they told me if they show up, you tell them I looked for them. And I'm like, I will. And I'm like, this is a weird social exchange that I hadn't bargained for at the movie theater. <laughs> now that I have a decent popcorn supplier, I don't know if I want to come back here anymore. <laughs> the uh, the theater here in Muskogee, it's not the best theater I've ever been to, but their prices on concessions are, I mean, they're they're Ridiculous still, but within reason. Yeah. They are within reason. Yeah. So like my soda and my bucket of popcorn is eleven dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. So like I don't feel bad about getting a bucket of popcorn. And also it's kind of self-serve. So I can layer my butter. 
Butter and Salt Agency and movie theater popcorn is a is a underappreciated amenity. And so not only is it, I mean, it's still not reasonable, but but reasonable by movie theater standards, but I get it the way I want it. And I just, I mean, I can I cannot, I cannot tell you the joy that that brought. I have literally thought about stopping in and not seeing a movie. And getting a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> it has crossed my mind to just be like, I can go get some popcorn. Uh, but yeah, I also, I I had some people seated. Like, I think, I think they and I were the only people in the theater and we were all on the back row. <laughs> it was a little weird. All right. So since we seem to be digressing, Donna, you have our quote. I do. And it goes... I'm sure it feels real. That is something with this film is that there's a lot of good quotes. Like all mm-hmm. three of us brought in some solid suggestions, you know. So and there's there's sort of a blue dress, gray dress thing going on in here. Uh, there's one line that we're honestly not sure what the line was. And it was on the list of potential quotes when Rose is visiting the guy in pr- prison and he uh hasn't they both have an episode by my book um he kicks her out and uh correct me if i'm wrong kenzie you and i heard get out white lady yeah we both heard that donna and imdb insist it's uh get away from me get away from me is what i heard yeah so um at but either would would follow in the context um but yeah, yeah the, the guy is panicking because he did all of this work to get free from the thing. And here she is. She's brought it back to him. And he's like, fuck this. Um, but I actually want to discuss this just a little bit. I, I kind of regretted um, making it the quote because this is a whole thing I wanted to talk about. Um, of course, she is a... Um, mental health professional i don't know if they ever told her told us if she's a psychologist or a psychiatrist but that is a line that a mental health professional would use in the context of um talking to a patient who's seeing things that aren't there i'm sure it feels real um and so that's a line that she's used many many times um however then it starts happening to her And she starts using the same language that her patients have used so many times. No, it is real. It is real. Why don't you believe me? And I feel like someone with her education and her experience would know, of course, they're not going to believe her. And she knows that they're going to come right back at her with, I'm sure it feels real. Right. And I, what I don't get is why she didn't find different language. In fact, in one scene, she's sitting there with a folder of what seems like pretty compelling evidence. I mean, it seemed like compelling evidence to me. Suicide, witness to suicide, suicide, witness to suicide, suicide, witness to suicide. I mean, I am a skeptic. And I, I was looking at that going... I tell you, that would certainly give me pause. You know, that would make me go, that deserves looking at. Um, and she didn't show that evidence. She just kept going, no, it's real. Why would you believe me? And um, 
it was just interesting to me that with her education and her experience, she just kept using the language that somebody who is seeing things that aren't there would use, which actually does give credence to Mac's point of view. Yeah, my my headcanon on it is, is that those connections aren't really there. She could not point to those. I mean, she has the conversations with Joel where they, they are, you know, hardy boysing it out. But uh, uh, why isn't that a delusion? Mm-hmm. Like, why is the delusional structure not all doesn't also include at least one person who does believe you or is willing to hear you out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, Mac, you have our rule. Uh, yes, uh, psych evals should really be a two-person job. And I didn't say this in the pitch, but I'll add this, especially in an emergency clinic, because just legally for the clinic, they should probably have two people there to you know, be able to sign witness statements and that sort of thing. Also, it would have saved Rose some trouble uh, if there had been two people handling poor Laura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you all ever figure out what sound it was that she was hearing when she was listening to that recording? No. No. Based on what we saw at the end, I assume what she was hearing was the sound of the jaws cracking. Mm. But I never really got... Well, I I take that back because another motif that was recurring throughout the film was this clicking sound. There was this recurring clicking sound throughout the film. Um that I don't feel like they did draw as much attention to, maybe because he couldn't figure out a way to draw as much attention to. I don't know. But um, so I felt like if we hadn't been jump scared out of it, um, we might have heard a clicking sound there. But uh, I don't think it was ever made clear to us what she was hearing. Yeah, I don't either. Um, At any rate, um, you make a really good point. I just, or or maybe even just, you know, having security readily available because um, she's an itty bitty woman. And uh, just have yeah. a two way mirror, just law and order that shit. Like somebody standing yeah. there on the yeah. other side of the mirror observing that can always be that second set of eyes. So then you're having the patient still feel that it's just them and the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then have that, yeah, that mirror. Um, and the other thing that struck me about that scene is, again, they weren't clear whether she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. And either way, um, for her to not attempt to render aid really struck me odd um, as her patient is bleeding out on the floor for her not to attempt to render aid at all really struck me odd. Um, yeah. So Rose could have done better. Rose could have handled that better. All right. And then Donna, you also have our poll. So our poll is after you've seen someone kill themselves in a horrible and bizarre way, and now you've started to see things, horrible and bizarre things, what would you do? Well, at that, I mean, by my logic at that point, I'm already ha- suffering a psychotic break. So logicking my game out feels uh, psychologically privileged. Um, 
And so, like, in the clear-headed space I'm in now, I mean, I'm in therapy already, so I would I, I have no hang-up about seeking mental health professionals, but that didn't exactly help Laura or Rose. I think the bigger question you're asking is, would I kill somebody else or my or myself, I guess, is the question yeah. to... to all right. I'm seeing things and I'm convinced that there's a curse. Yes. What yes. do let's I do? A, let's, let's assume that you believe it's real. Okay. Um, I, I think I actually would see if I could run the clock out. I think my temperament is that, okay, I don't kill myself and I don't kill anyone else. Is this thing going to get bored and move on? <laughs> I have a very instinctive, somebody tells me to do something. Well, why would I do that? And if a smile demon's telling me to kill somebody or myself, I'm like, why? What do you get out of that? What's your deal? What are you selling? <laughs> so I don't know. That That's probably where I'd be. I, I In fact, I think I thought, I thought that in the middle of the movie. Like, why don't you just wait it out? Like, what? Like, you get past a week, apparently you're golden. It gets bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than seeking professional help for witnessing that, I... I honestly can't say what I would do because I am one of these type of people that it's like, I would see the curse. You know what I mean? Like I would fully embrace that reality. Like, Oh, I've seen this and I've seen some shit. So I don't know. I genuinely do not know what, if I could do either or. If you had spooky shit happening to you, Kenzie, I don't think you'd be traumatized by it. I think you'd be like, hey, bet, let's do it. <laughs> Smile demons, okay? Not exactly at the top of my list, but I'm ready to go. Mac, I will take that as a compliment, because that is... I, I like that, actually. <laughs> what about you, Donna? Well, I have discussed in the past that I would probably be the first person to die in a movie like this, because I'm simply would not believe what was going on but that conversation is boring so i'm gonna skip on past that part of it um uh so the the options as they they're laid out is you either get caught by the thing and kill yourself and pass it on well actually you get caught by the thing and then it kills you and it passes it on or you murder somebody in front of a witness and then it gets passed on that way. Um, um, a friend of ours, Kaz, um, had the idea of isolating yourself and seeing, as, as Max said, and seeing if it get bored, gets bored and moves on. Um, and I think I would also give that option a try because I'm not a violent person. Yeah, There's a not short list of people that I wouldn't cry if they died, but... There's nobody I want to kill because, one, I'm just not into getting my hands bloody. And two, well, that's not true. I'm a surgeon. I was about to say, like, animal blood. Human blood unnerves you. We'll we'll go with that. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm a surgeon. But anyway, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not a violent person. We'll just move on before I say something more creepy um i'm not a violent person and uh i don't i don't want to hurt anybody okay um but also murdering somebody in front of a witness means you're going to prison and to me that doesn't feel like 
a good option. Um, the problem with isolating yourself is I don't think it's going to let you sleep. See, that's and the you, thing. Yeah. That it's not going to let you sleep. So then you're... And you're going to go nuts if you can't sleep. I mean, that's just the way the human brain works. You, you, you don't go very long without sleep before you go crazy. So at the end of a week, you're not going to be a rational human being. Right. Um, so um, I feel like the truth is your options become literally kill yourself or murder someone. And I keep coming back to, I don't want to murder anyone. So um, I think... I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know I don't want to murder anybody. Um, the The best option is to know this thing is out of there, is out there, and just don't look when somebody starts killing themselves in a horrible, horrible fashion. The question I have, and I meant to, um, I meant to ask this when we were in regular podcast time, was when she was at the cabin and the thing started coming out and messing with her. She should have known that meant that somebody was coming i mean it needs to be passed on so it wouldn't have come out and started messing with her unless it knew there was another victim nearby so anyway i think i'm just basically trying really hard to avoid saying i think i would just isolate myself and kill myself if assuming i believed what was going on which because of who i am i wouldn't so I would just perpetuate the curse is what I would do because I wouldn't believe is the short. Okay. And on that note, let's get to happy places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so happy. Whoa. If you waiting. had a real good reason, would you kill yourself? Happy place. <laughs> happy place. Um, I want to go first this week because mine is such a broad answer, but you know, we're in October and Oh boy, what a time to be alive right now. Because there is just so much good spooky shit right now. I mean, this is solid. Amazon Prime had My Best Friend's Exorcism. There's a new interview with a vampire series. We've got old properties with Hellraiser and Halloween coming up. It is just a damn good time to be alive if, if you are a fan of spooky season. So yeah, spooky season is my happy place because of all of those things that I mentioned, and even stuff that I've forgotten about. Uh, Shudder right now is six, 61 Days of Halloween, and it's fantastic. So, yeah, that's mine. Um, I'll go next. So, I posted about this on Facebook, so Mac and Kenzie may already be aware. I'm just still super happy about it. So, I, uh, I really like my cookies done a lot more brown than normal humans like them. Um, apparently the way I like my cookies done is burnt enough that bakeries will throw them out. So I was at our local Amish restaurant um, a couple of days ago and I was wandering around the store part of the store and they had these cookies baking that smelled so fantastic. And a woman came out from behind, you know, and I just told her those cookies smell so good. And she said, I'm about to throw them out because they're burned. And I'm like, oh, God, don't do that. And uh, there's a long version of the story. The short version of the story is I walked out with a dozen free cookies. And they were so brown and so crisp and so perfectly caramelized. And that's the uh, right term, caramelized. That that's more appetizing than burnt as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they like worked caramel. though. They mm -hmm. were really just nicely browned, and there were two cookies that had a spot on them that was verging 
towards black. Two cookies that had a spot on them that was turning black. And I'm like, these are not burned. These are brown. And they were perfect and delicious and wonderful. And I'm trying to figure out now if I can go back to the Amish restaurant and say to that woman, could you burn me some more cookies, please? <laughs> please burn me more cookies. <laughs> it made me very happy because most places I see cookies, they are mushy and gross. This is the gateway event to Donna becoming a dumpster diver. <laughs> you know, like, I, I need some trash cookies, man. Well, you I can go look at bird cookies. <laughs> yes. And, Ma'am, you can go out to the dumpster. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it made me very happy. Um, my happy place is is like I had a weird twenty four hours leading up to right now where I I just kept winning. Like I don't want to be like Charlie Sheen, but like everything was going great. Uh, I I beat Super Star Wars on the Super Nintendo for the first time. That mm -hmm. last level, if you've played that, is absolutely insane. Uh, I, I, we, we had pizza for dinner and I went to go pick it up from hideaway and hideaway was like, Hey, you want an extra pizza? And I was like, uh, I guess. And they gave us a whole extra pizza. Uh, and then, uh, the, the Star Trek Picard season three trailer came out and you want to talk about gasping three, t three times in a, in a short amount of Star Trek. I did it all. Uh, yeah. So, and then just sat around watching movies. It was a good day. Good day. I needed a ser serotonin release, and yesterday was a big one. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. Well, you guys can find us on all of the social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We're Beyond the Cabin in the Woods for our Facebook page and beyondthecabinintheWoods.com. I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Callista77. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Dragon Goblin with no I and Goblin. I'm on Twitter at Party Apocalypse. There is an Instagram account. Nothing's happening there. Don't go looking. Uh, and website PartyApocalypse.com for other uh, podcasts, including this one. Thank you so much, Billy, for editing us and making us sound fantastic. And uh, any weird little technical hiccups that happen right before you start recording. Appreciate that very much. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> And as always, we do thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. If you feel so inclined, you know, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't read the Latin. You know what horror is?